Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Global News reporter Amber McGookin. Amber, good afternoon. Hey, Al. What story are you working on today, by the way, other than what you and I are going to chat about right now? <laughs> um, well, I'm talking about, I was talking to Louis Rouse School Division and other school divisions about these new changes that parents are going to have to uh, take on more responsibilities at home with the learning. And there's just been new directives from the government just kind of explaining, you know, what 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 they should all be doing. So it's kind of more clear guidelines for parents and uh, talking about all that kind of stuff. All right. Excellent. We will uh, watch for that story from you today. Thanks for squeezing in a couple minutes with me here because I saw on social media (laughs) that you have a new house plant. You weren't really into plants uh, before this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, but you are now. And you know what? You're not the only one. Apparently, uh, there is a run on frozen pizza. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but there's a run on house plants, too. And um, partly because uh, people are home more to care for them and partly because plants are soothing and can help us with our anxiety. Mm. What reason, uh, why did you pick up a house plant? Um, you know, it's a good question. I think I slowly, I've slowly been more interested in plants. And I'm like literally taking every opportunity I can to talk about my plants because I have just recently started it and I'm like kind of becoming obsessed. I have seven <laughs> little plants now. Oh, and wow. One, yeah, I know. It's a little good. It's getting ridiculous. But I have one that I just got that's so beautiful. And that's one I'm the most obsessed with right now. It's a snake plant, apparently hard to kill. For me, I was just finding like I, you know, I have been cooped up so much inside and I wanted to kind of do something to make the space a little bit nicer. You know, yeah. working from home, you kind of feel a little stir crazy inside. I thought, okay, maybe a plant is nice. And the more friends I talk to, everyone seems to have these new plants and and it seems to be, I get it, this little trend. And I'm honestly, this plant that I have is really pretty. And apparently, it's pretty um, hardy. So hopefully, I won't kill it. And it lasts. Because do, you have I, a, do you have a green thumb? Like, have you done plants before? Or is this really new? Honestly, it's really embarrassing how bad I am at keeping plants alive. I actually, I think I've, I've killed every plant that I've had before, and it, it probably doesn't last more than a few months. And like last year, I tried to plant um, broccoli, cauliflower, and celery in my garden. I felt really ambitious. My entire family made fun of me. They're like, you're going to kill it. And I grew the broccoli, but I didn't take it off the plant at the right time so it ended up flowering so it's kind of like i grew it but yeah. it didn't uh, i didn't get to eat it so actually none of my other plants survived i didn't actually eat the only thing i got was the tomato plant that was pretty much already had little tomatoes on it and that one i had a few tomatoes out of but it was actually really bad like i i need to get better and i feel like now i have the time and i got nothing else to do so i might as well <laughs> something to do with my life <laughs> yeah you grew the the broccoli properly you just didn't harvest it at the right time that's all right i think yeah. i think that that counts for something my entire Absolutely. family does not and uh, i have pictures to prove that i grew it a little bit but i didn't get to enjoy it so maybe i'll try again this year and i'll know when to take it off because honestly it was really upsetting that i didn't get to actually eat this and i kind of <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a waste of time. But, you know, I have some other things. I've got some green onions that my mom gave me. So I'm hoping I can eat some of that and some basil. So hopefully I will have some things this year. And so 
We'll see. I mean, I, I do like the plants around. They're beautiful. And if nothing else, I get to enjoy the look of them for a bit. That's what I'm telling myself yeah. anyway. Right. <laughs> no, no, you stick with it. It doesn't matter. Listen, uh, you know, they can't all live. And it's not your fault if one doesn't live. It, you know, the plant takes some responsibility here, too. Yeah. I've never heard of a snake plant, though. I'll have to check that out. You say they're hardy, hard to kill, eh? Apparently. So what they look like, they kind of have like uh, long leaves that are kind of pointing straight up. It kind of looks like if you've got spiky hair, but they're like long and they're a dark green. And uh, yeah, they're kind of tropical. So they're really pretty. I mean, they're pretty trendy right now from what I'm seeing on Pinterest and stuff. They're a very trendy looking plant. So, I mean, apparently they're, they're good. Apparently they don't die too easily. I don't think they need a ton of sun, but don't quote me on this. So if anyone's listening and they've got a plant, don't listen to me. Like, you, you're probably better on your own than what I'm doing. But, well, <laughs> I've, I've Googled it, and I'm, I'm trying. I'm, try, I'm trying my best. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, uh, it's interesting because as I read this story about plants and how people are buying plants uh, during this pandemic, millennials, and you're a millennial, millennials had apparently mm-hmm. already reinvigorated the popularity of house plants. Millennials, for mm. whatever reason, already liked house plants and were buying house plants, mm. and now there's a spike um, at mm. home, and apparently blooming plants especially. Any of your plants bloom, or, or are they just mm. uh, plants? Apparently one is supposed to bloom, and I just learned this, but I have not been able to get it to do that yet. And I've had this plant. I don't know if you remember Sharon Pfeiffer. She was our web uh, person over at Global. Yes. When she yep. moved uh, to another Global station, she left me with one of her plants, and it's a, cact- a Christmas cactus. Apparently it does have some flowers. And I actually thought that since it's a cactus, it would need a lot of sun, right? Like, that seems reasonable. I put it outside on a summer day, and I actually almost killed it. All the little bits on the end turned white, and I think uh-huh. I left it outside for a couple of days. So it's still surviving at this point, but mm-hmm. I think I've caused some pretty serious damage to this plant. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be why I have not seen flowers yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, as long as you're enjoying it, and, and I get yeah. it, I understand why people are, are adding plants to the house, because it does make things look nicer and then you've got something to care for and we're lonely right if you don't have a dog or a cat you can talk to your plants there's nothing crazy about that back to growing uh, a garden which you said you tried last year you're going to do again this year i think that's another trend amber that we're really going to see during this pandemic is people that can't visit and go and travel or whatever so they're going to garden they're going to grow stuff at home and it makes sense too because then if you need something for a salad you're not going to the grocery we don't know how long this is going to go on but you're not going to a grocery store you can just go out to the garden and or the you know the plant box and and grab what you need for your salad that's a good idea maybe i'll try that last year my goal was to have enough i I had lettuce too that never really did a lot anything either but my goal was to make a salad like that was my whole goal of the year and yeah i I didn't have anything to show for it but maybe this year i will have i'll have a salad or something one salad for a year's worth of stressed but hey listen enjoy your house plants i think this is a great idea and you're not and as i said you're not alone other people are doing this as well if you want to find out something really cool i have a guest on my show every once in a while uh google square foot gardening and i can hook Mm. you up with him if you want it's a different way to garden called square foot Mm. gardening so check that out and amber thanks a lot for this and we'll watch for your other story today thanks perfect thanks so much hal bye
Hal Anderson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is Organ and Tissue Donation Week. Organ and Tissue Donation Week. And joining us now on the phone, a doctor from Transplant Manitoba, Dr. Faisal Siddiqui. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate this. So we'll get on to the the topic of organ and tissue donation, but I'm just curious, um, with this COVID-19 pandemic, it seems like it's affecting everything. How is it affect, affecting what you guys do at Transplant Manitoba? Anything? Well, you know, the current situation surrounding COVID-19 is requiring like constant monitoring and we're just making sure that there's ongoing safety of all patients, those who are donating, as well as those who could receive organs. So as those as overarching principles, we've kind of had to make sure that patients are safe. And there's been a suspension, fortunately, of the living kidney donation program for now, uh, just until we know that patients uh, can get transplanted safely. Uh and then there still are medically urgent patients who may get transplants at this time. But it's we're taking our lead from the kind of national transplantation bodies to make sure that no one's put at undue risk. Yeah, because we talk about underlying health issues. Boy, uh, the people involved uh, on all sides at Transplant Manitoba could very well be considered a, you know somebody with underlying uh, medical issues, right? That's very correct. And usually if you're the person who's waiting for an, uh, a transplant, you're, you want to make sure you're given the best chance of surviving after that transplant. So we're just taking our lead from the national organizations and doing our best to keep people safe. Yeah. And with every, as with everything, we're hoping that we can get back to something more normal uh, very quickly. But that does not stop people from going to signupforlife.ca, does it? No, that's really correct. And actually, now that people are at home more, spending time closer with family and loved ones, and with pretty much everyone around the world talking about the um, kind of their health and what they want and how we can stay healthy, this is also a great time to have that conversation with your family and loved ones. Take the time to kind of think about what you want for uh, your end of life if you want to be a donor. Uh, and if you do, then going online at signupforlife.ca, registering your intention to donate. It's a great time to do that. It's kind of in a way like an insurance policy, isn't it, Doc, in the sense that you may not think I'll ever need a, a transplant of, of some kind, but if you do, by signing up yourself, it sort of gets others to sign up, and, and, and I kind of see it almost as a bit of an insurance policy in a way. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's an interesting situation. You are six times more likely to need an organ than actually fit the criteria to be an organ donor. So the more people that sign up with that intention to donate, the easier it is for people when they do need one. So uh, I like your analogy of like an insurance policy, but it's kind of one that you don't want to have to cash in on like every other insurance policy. But what is really important is that if you feel that that's something that you want to do in your life and you want to give that gift of life and the gift of health to someone else, you definitely should go online. How are we doing here in Manitoba uh, as far as signing up compared to other provinces, can you make that comparison? Or you know, Manitobans and Winnipegers, I think, are seen as a real uh, a generous bunch, and and I don't think there's any doubt that we are. I, I get the feeling it's not that we just need to educate people that hey, it's important to do it. Sign up for life.ca. It's that easy. I think it's more that than it is people not wanting to help. 
No, I, I think you're totally right. You know, uh, if you, a lot of people in Manitoba carried around those little blue cards that came with their license. If you got your license more than about three, four years ago, uh, you might still have a blue card. Um, but ever since uh, the transition to the online registry, which started in 2012, We've encouraged Manitobans to register in a much more enduring manner their their wishes, and that's what signupforlife.ca has become. It's just a place where we keep that information. And what's great is that we know that if families are aware of what your wishes are at that time near the end of your life where you could donate, families are willing to give. Uh, you know, nine out of ten times they will uh, go ahead with that process of donation. Unfortunately, in that small group of people who maybe didn't share their uh, intentions with the family, about half the time the families actually decline that organ donation because they just don't know what the wishes of their loved ones are. And so it's really powerful for your family to know what your wishes are. And if, if you have a conversation with them, great. If you don't have a conversation with them, uh, then at least get online and make sure that you register that intent so that we can sign, we can let them know if that situation ever arose. Dr. Siddiqui, thank you very much for this. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. How you guys stay healthy and take care. And to you as well. Dr. Faisal Siddiqui uh, joining us. He is a physician at Transplant Manitoba. It's Organ and Tissue Donation Week, and you can sign up at signupforlife.ca. It's real easy. Signupforlife.ca. We do uh, work hard to bring you the very latest information on COVID-19, but I'm also every day trying to find some other stuff, right? And maybe even some stuff that will put a smile on your face so that we can uh, talk about other things from time to time. Now, this is not my uh, uh, Hal's ABC segment, which, of course, is anything but COVID-19, but I did track down, well, Cinematech let me know that they're they're doing this, and I tracked down the curator uh, Will Braden. He's the curator of the Best of Cat Video Fest 2020 Stuck at Home Edition. Normally that would be on the big screen at Cinematech over at 100 Arthur, but it's not this year because we are all stuck at home. Uh, but I did reach Will down in Seattle yesterday and chatted with him about the uh, Best of Cat Video Fest, and I'll have details uh, after you listen to my conversation with Will on how you can watch the cat videos, okay? But here's my conversation with Will Braden. Take a listen. Uh, normally, it's something, obviously, that happens in theaters. We were in over 200 theaters uh, last year in the U.S. and Canada and in Europe. But since theaters are closed now, we figured we'd put together a virtual version of it that people could uh, watch at home and sort of have a movie night and uh, help support their local uh, independent theater. And really, it's cat videos, so we should be watching this at home, right? Exactly. I mean, the whole it's getting very surreal, because the whole point of Cat Video Fest, in theory, is that it's taking this uh, experience that people sort of do at home or at work, kind of solitary, and turning it into a communal experience, socially, everything all together in theaters. We can't do that right now, so now we're kind of flipping it backwards and bringing it back home. But it is a curated experience, it's edited, there's a lot of fun stuff. There's, there's things in it specifically about what it's like being sort of stuck at home with your cats. And so hopefully people will be able to relate to a lot of that. I'm a dog guy. I don't dislike cats, but I am a dog <laughs> guy. I'll be honest with you. 
Why this fascination with cats? Well, first off, I'll say I'm exactly the same way with dogs. I, I'm a cat guy, but I love dogs, too. I'm just too lazy. <laughs> I don't want to have to get, get, up, get up early and walk them outside. Right. Um, I think it's a good question. I mean, you can take your dog a lot of places. You can go There's dog parks. You can take your dog to work. You can sit outside a cafe. And you can't really do that with cats. And so the Internet became kind of a virtual cat park, you know, by, by default. And so because of that, everyone likes sharing these videos because it's, it's sort of the way that cat, cat fans can do the same thing that dog owners can do in, in reality. And how long has this been happening, this fest, and how did it start? The first Internet Cat Video Festival was in 2012. It was in Minneapolis at the Walker Art Center. Uh, and I was lucky enough that a video that I made uh, with a, a depressed French existential cat um, who <laughs> suffers from angst, uh, named Henri Le Chanoir. He, uh, that video won the Golden Kitty Award that first year, and I just got involved with it uh, bit by bit and more and more over the years. I started curating the festival for them. And then when they stepped away from it in 2015, I started it up on my own. So, yeah, it happens uh, every year, and, you know, hopefully if, if when things get more back to normal and theaters open up again, we'll be... We'll be back into theaters, but for now, this is just a way to sort of have a distraction, which we all need. Everywhere that we go, every town, every city, we partner with a local shelter or a local animal welfare organization, and they get a portion of ticket sales. They get to have a table up in the lobby to sort of uh, tell people what they do, sign up volunteers, sign people up to foster cats. Sometimes they even, if the theater is amenable to it, will bring some cats that are available for adoption, and sometimes they get adopted right there, and that's, that's why we do it. Cool. Well, let's hope we can do that next year, Will. Absolutely. All the best. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Will Braden, he is the curator of Cat Video Fest. And as I said, normally it would be at Cinematheque on the big screen at 100 Arthur. And as he said there, they would have a, you know, a, a cat charity uh, set up there. And, you know, he just explained all that. But, again, they can't because... Uh, of the pandemic and all of us are at home so here is what they have done you can help cinematech um by watching this uh best of cat video fest 2020 stuck at home and the best way to do it is to go to catvideofest.com catvideofest.com c-a-t-v-i-d-e-o-f-e-s-t.com catvideofest.com and they list the theaters just look for cinematech watch it there i think it's 99 cents which is really cheap and it's good i watched the trailer and it's as i said i'm a dog guy but there's some really good cat videos so 99 cents again you got time on your hands right now you're helping out cinematech and hopefully next year we can have uh, Will in studio on the show talking about Cat Video Fest. Again, catvideofest.com. Look for Cinematech. Click 99 cents. Enjoy the home edition of uh, the, the, uh, the Cat Videos. This is the home edition. i got to get used to using my mouth again. I've had four days off. I, I didn't know what to do. Len Eastow is the president of Traffic Ticket Experts, and he joins us on the phone now. Len, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Al. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. I've been reading that uh, speeding 
uh, and reckless driving is uh, happening more in other jurisdictions. In some places, it's become a real big problem. I was just reading this morning that in New York, photo radar, their version of photo radar in New York, the number of speeding tickets there have doubled since this pandemic began. Um, and I guess it makes sense. There's fewer people on the road, and so maybe people think they can go a little faster and, and take more chances. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking is happening. Are you seeing it here too? I, I think most definitely you're gonna we're, we're going to experience that with the empty roads. People are going to be going a little quicker just because of that. Uh, and yes, they're going to run into the photo radars. They're also going to run into the police officers who are out there handing out tickets because that hasn't ended. Uh, it's also that this is a specific time, I think, as well, for people who are a little short on the patients, stuck at being home, trying to get around, and something gets in their way. And before you know it, that stress level has caused a problem with another driver. So, yeah, we have those issues as well. Yeah, the fuse is a little shorter, eh? I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be related or related into everything that we do, including our driving. Uh, those fuses uh, from being that cabin fever, you know, it, it's going to affect things. Mm-hmm. Just anecdotally, you're seeing more, or could you put a number on it? Like I just said, in New York City, they're saying speeding tickets double. I'm sure you see on a regular basis a certain number. How much more are you seeing? How many more people are getting a hold of you wanting uh, the, you to help them fight a ticket? Well, I think overall, business is down. So I, I can't say that the numbers are, are excessive. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that it's, it's actually busier than I thought it was going to be uh, when it comes to this time of, of, with the, the virus and so on. Uh, but I am seeing more business than I expected to see. Uh, so I think that's why we are, is because people are, first of all, quicker on the roads because there's less traffic around. Gotcha. Understood. I get it. Um, How has this changed the way you do things? You're not in court fighting tickets anymore. No, it's it's changed a lot. Everything is done with the courts by email these days. Uh, We don't have to, and the public isn't allowed into traffic court, into the building even. So, And my office is right next door, so we get a lot of people wandering in here trying to find out what's going on with the courts. Uh, So, yes, we're, we're doing a lot of informational things. Uh, But we're also still challenging a lot of tickets with people, and that's done through email for now, setting up things for later when we're back to normal, whatever that new normal is. Mm -hmm. Any, You know, I was just reading a couple text messages earlier from people saying that in other provinces they're getting auto insurance rebates and discounts. That's not happening here with MPI. Anything else in your world that maybe I haven't heard of or we haven't heard of or we're not aware of that you could share with us? I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything here. Yeah, I don't think Manitoba is doing a whole lot to change anything except delaying everything, closing the courts, which other places are all doing as well. Uh, So I I think that's basically what we're doing. There isn't any relief that I've heard from the government or from MPI as to uh, anything good for drivers uh, at this point. All right, Len, stay safe. Thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Take care. Lenny Stowe, the president of Traffic Ticket Experts, former cop. Uh, he does uh, really good work. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.